0: It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Today we'll be speaking with Matt Slatis, General Manager of the Ironbirds, and Bill Ripken, Executive Vice President of Ripken Baseball. We're going to get started off with some trivia this morning. Charlie Sheen turned down the role of Daniel Larusso in this film. Karate kid. Yes.
1: I keep on thinking of Major League. <laughs> Can
0: you so imagine I, what I was that? That was where movie, my mind
2: went right away. It was Major League.
0: Yeah. What, what would that movie looked like with Charlie Sheen? <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> a, a kid. <laughs>
1: oh, I was reading some the other day. I won't bore you with it. But the people that turned down roles, that that did, that thank God they didn't take the roles it's, well, it's I, absolutely amazing and i
2: take that one step further that movie made ralph macchio's career and we may not have had my cousin Vinny without the karate kid. correct absolutely, so
1: that well, well absolutely. Well it. yeah or sure. wax on wax off <laughs> right? how many
0: times do bob and i refer to the two utes on the show <laughs>
1: <laughs> you'll find another hundred dollars what a freaking surprise <laughs> see how i changed that for radio Good
0: job. Um, all right, what sports figure holds the record for appearing the most times on the cover of Sports Illustrated?
1: Uh, I go with
0: Michael Jordan. Absolutely correct.
1: Uh, well, Muhammad Ali had it, I think, before <laughs> him, maybe.
0: Yeah, it's tough to compete with Jordan.
1: Billy was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Unfortunately, it was um, the, the Orioles, like Owen, nineteen start. And, uh, you know, it was Travail's in Baltimore, and naturally they're not going to put Cal on, they yeah. put Billy on. You
2: only share the info you want to share, and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That's right. That's right.
1: And he had some great baseball cards.
0: For sure. <laughs> All right, here's one I thought was super interesting. Um, so today, World Series winners receive rings, but that was not always the case. Prior to 1926, what did the players receive instead of rings? Cups. No. Box of cigars. No. It's still it's still a piece of jewelry. Bracelets. Pocket watches or medallions.
1: Okay, that's a ridiculously unfair question. But
0: it's interesting.
2: <laughs> the next choice was an anklet,
0: so.
1: we a nose ring.
0: Nineteen twenty-five. A lot of men were wearing wearing anklets. the nose rings, right? An
1: well, if Manny Ramirez was playing in back then, he'd he'd, he'd wear something. Mm-hmm.
0: This is a really hard list of trivia questions. So what? I am going for another easy one. What's the highest grossing baseball film of all time?
1: Um is it adjusted for for constant dollars or is it like gone with the wind only made like 400 million but it's in today's dollars it's like 3 billion?
0: Uh I'm going to say I don't know Take that right back uh, on. that um, that was something that Megan considered but it's recent enough where it shouldn't matter too much.
1: So it's not the natural?
0: It's not the natural. Field
1: of Dreams.
2: Is
0: it a Disney movie? No.
1: Angels in the Outfield?
0: No. That that was a Disney movie, by the way. Uh Major League? No. Tom Hanks is in this film.
1: Oh. No. <laughs> uh girls. Don't yeah. no crying yeah. in baseball. Yeah. League of their League own. Of their
0: there you own. Go. Which I believe last year was their
2: twenty fifth anniversary. Twenty fifth yeah. or thirty? 30th anniversary. If you've
1: never heard his soliloquy in the dugout um, that ends with, there's no, starts with, there's no crying (laughs) in baseball.
2: I remind the Ironbird staff that most days (laughs) of the week.
0: When it's super hot out, right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: you can can ask us the hard ones. Go ahead. Don't try to protect us.
0: All right. How many stitches are there on a baseball? You asked (laughs) for it 125. Close, but no.
1: 137.
0: Fewer.
2: Hundred and thirty two.
0: Fewer than fewer than one twenty five.
2: Hundred and
0: fifteen.
1: Don't make us guess all nine to it's narrow a, it down.
0: It's a hundred and eight.
1: <laughs> okay. You were right.
0: I know. All right, how about this? I know the answer to this one, so it can't be that. Well hard. now you're really
1: <laughs> setting us up like if we don't <laughs> know it, it's even worse.
0: <laughs> Who holds the record for the most goals in one season in the NHL? Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Ninety one. I'm impressed.
1: He passed um, Phil Esposito's 72.
0: Yeah. yeah. I really only know information about the, like, really famous sports.
1: I used to be a New York Islander season ticket holder way back when, oh. in the early
2: 80s. So. Right. Did, I, did I ever tell you my, uh, I guess he's my uncle-in-law, is Barry Landers, who was oh, really? the voice of the Islanders when they were winning all those cups. Oh, awesome.
1: I was there. I was there.
0: All right. Uh, what's the most watched sport in the world?
1: Soccer. Thank God it's not NASCAR.
0: <laughs> hey, I watch NASCAR. Some good, some good wrecks on there.
1: Hey, uh, they went around again. <laughs> hey, look, they're coming back again. <laughs>
2: One of the coolest sporting events I've ever been to was at Texas Motor Speedway. And a lot of left turns, I learned that um, NASCAR allows you to bring your own liquor into the stadium. That's something you can't do in minor a, league baseball.
1: A, a rule that's amply take it, yeah, uh, taken, taken advantage, advantage of. of
2: mm-hmm. And I saw a B-52 flyover which was wow. one of the neatest things I've ever seen. But it will probably remain the one and only NASCAR race I attend. Because <laughs> there's
3: well, a lot of driving in circles. Uh, a lot of I, left turns.
1: Well, you know, when I, I was kidding, because so I have a lot of friends who love it, and I say, you know, it's not, it's not a sport. Um,
0: I've had the and, same argument.
1: Um, but um, ESPN covered the National Spelling Bee yesterday, so...
2: And there's a there's a segment on Sports Center every day covering WWE wrestling, so we're okay. really stretching the definition <laughs> of sports.
1: All righty. Well, I all my friends who um, who love NASCAR um, don't hold it against me. Okay. Any others?
0: Sure. Uh, this one's for Matt. Uh oh. The Natural and Moneyball are both movies about what sport? Baseball. Very good.
1: So you're only doing, like. Impossibly Mensahard or,
0: well, you know, or super easy. I want to make our guests or like good.
1: people crossword puzzle <laughs> easy.
0: <laughs> um, okay. In feet, how high is a regulation basketball hoop? 10. Yes, See, okay. One I didn't know. Okay, you want some more? Sure, sure. all right. Uh, we
1: have to redeem ourselves.
0: Okay, well, keep, keep
2: lobbing the softballs.
0: I like those. <laughs> Who is the only man to play both an NFL and Major League Baseball game in a single day?
1: That, is that either could Bo or Dion.
0: Sanders? It is Deion. How is that even possible? How do you play football and baseball on the same day? I guess
1: he uh, get
2: a 1 uh, o'clock sorry. baseball game and a, a 7 o'clock football game, and he played for oh, – that's interesting. You know, he was uh, a to think of all the teams. Probably played
1: for the Texas Rangers. It could have been an away game, too. Yeah, at,
2: he must yeah. have played on the road, because I don't think he played for the Rangers, but he did play for the Cowboys. He played for the Falcons. He may, oh, I do believe he played for the Braves at one point, so he may have done a Braves-Falcons falcons game. I wouldn't even have time to go to both practices. Right, that's got to be exhausting.
1: It's also amazing.
2: I'd yeah. find energy for a couple million bucks a year, though. Well, yeah, there's
0: that.
1: <laughs> the other thing, is Dave Whitfield was drafted in three sports. He was drafted, out of, he was a golden gopher. He was drafted in baseball, basketball, and football. Really and astounding. Don't,
2: don't forget uh, Pat Connaughton, who is a uh, member of the Portland Trailblazers, played for the Ironbirds, same, same time he was playing for the Trailblazers. So I believe he's still under an Orioles contract, but I think his, uh, his basketball career has been successful enough that baseball's in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a trivia question. Who, plays for the, um, who played for the Knicks and the Rangers the same season? Nobody. The whole season. It was the organ player at the Garden. There
2: you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you should have known that. I, I worked for both teams at
1: one time. <laughs> okay, one more, then we're going to go.
0: Okay, one more. I like this one. In the NHL, what is noticeable, What is notable about the Vegas Golden Knights appearance in the final of the 2018 Stanley Cup? They're an expansion team. Right. In their first year. Their first year. their
2: first year. Yeah. I don't know if it's ever happened before. I don't believe so. And no, it's, it's, not even close. It's monumental, I think. It goes down as one of sports' all-time greatest stories. Yeah.
1: And uh, they're playing against the team who is the most snake-bitten in Stanley Cup playoffs history. First time they've made the finals, the Capitals. Mm-hmm. They have so many cases of where they've been so close, and they've, um, they haven't made it. So either one's going to be an amazing story.
0: Yeah, I had a conversation the other day, and uh, <laughs> my reference was that uh, they're like the, the Meryl Streep of the Stanley Cup. You know, they keep getting invited, or almost get invited to the dance, but then it Amen. doesn't quite work out for them. Well,
1: who is uh, uh Susan Lucci.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Why do I know that?
0: I don't know. <laughs> um,
1: okay, and I'm going to do a little change, Jen. Okay. Uh, um, instead of the break, mm-hmm. let's just go right to... Um, interviewing Mr. Slatis, um, and um, we have so much to say, then we'll get Billy on the line sure. um, after that.
0: Sure, let's, so, talk, let's talk a little bit about Matt.
1: Let's hear, and, yeah, let's hear his bio, which he probably didn't write because he's too modest.
0: Okay. All right, so uh, Matt Slatus assumed the role of general manager of the I- Aberdeen Ironbirds in August 2016. In addition to his duties as the Ironbirds GM, Slatus oversees the business operation of Ripken Baseball's corporate food and beverage services, facilities and groundskeeping, as well as special events. He is a native of Livingston, New Jersey and holds a Bachelor's of Science degree in Sports Management from New York University and a Master's degree in Sports Administration from Ohio University. Uh, He began his career in professional sports in 2003 as a minor league clubhouse manager with the Texas Rangers. Since, he's worked in the area of corporate partnerships with Major League Baseball's Office of the Commissioner Mandalay Sports Entertainment, Madison Square Garden, and Goodyear Bar- Goodyear Ballpark, spring training home to the Cincinnati Reds and Cleveland Indians. He also served as director. I can't speak this morning. <laughs> director of ticket sales for the Brooklyn Cyclones, leading one of the top-selling ticket sales staffs in minor league baseball. Prior to his move to Maryland, Matt was director of marketing and partnerships for Camelback Spring Training in Glendale, Arizona which is the company jointly owned by and responsible for managing sports training business operations for the Chicago White Sox and Los Angeles Dodgers. Matt's wife Carrie is a professor, professor of English literature at Towson University and they are the proud parents of their baby boy Jonah. Welcome Matt and again and how old is Jonah?
2: Jonah is about six and a half months.
0: Oh, my goodness. He
2: a, he's a real baby. <laughs> he's actually going through his first cold this week, so it's, uh, it's new for us.
0: Yeah. Are, you, uh, are you super overprotective parents when he when he has his cold? Did you take him to the doctor? and?
2: My wife, actually, her parents are in town this week, so while I was at the ballpark yesterday prepping for opening day, Carrie took Jonah with her parents to the pediatrician. He is, uh, I think for the first time, he had something other than milk, and it was Tylenol. Oh, so he's he's had a taste of what <laughs> else is out there, but he's he's doing better. Good,
0: good. Glad to hear.
1: It, I, it feels like um, he was born yesterday. I remember, but I'm sure for you, so you and Carrie. Sometimes it feels like he was born ten years ago. <laughs> with some of the nights. <laughs>
2: everybody told me as soon as he was born that the first ninety days were sleepless and hellish, and I don't think they could have been more accurate. uh, It was fantastic, but I now know I can sleep anywhere at any time. Mm -hmm. Um, And on right around day 90, he started sleeping through the night. So, you know, obviously he's not the first child born, uh, and people have some good uh, institutional knowledge for me. It's all been true. It's a lot of fun, though. It's a beautiful thing.
1: It gets better every day.
2: I've heard that one, too.
1: Till they're 15. Then it gets annoying for a while. (laughs) Mixed blessings. Yeah. My son told me once when he was 16, he goes, don't worry, Dad, in about 10 years, I'll, ad- I'll, t- I'll admit to you that you were right about everything you said to me. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. I said, not earlier? He goes, nope, sorry. Can't play that. <laughs> so, Matt, um, we've had you on before. Um, tell us about, let's just talk about, first of all, I always, first of all, thank you to you and the organization. And Tufton and Ripkin baseball for what you mean to this county, in so many ways. Our community, our economy, our tourism, um, our sense of togetherness, certainly our nonprofits and um, all the causes that you su- you support day in day out. Tell us about the Ironbirds and what your philosophies are about what a minor league team should mean.
2: I think a minor league baseball team is unique because they, and I should say we, have the opportunity to be a centerpiece in the community. You know, Bob, you mentioned economic impact and sports tourism and things like that and those things are all well and good, but most importantly, and I think this is in all walks of life and, you know, Jim, what you do with the Foundation, it's what you're able to give back and, you know, in 2017, working with a lot of our nonprofit partners, the library being one, and the Ironbirds were able to give back almost $160,000 into the Harford County community, and in 2000, I'm sorry, in 2017 and 2018, I think the Ironbirds will probably cro- cross about a quarter million dollars in charitable giving, some in kind, some in cash, a lot in time. Um, but the reality is, we talk about it. We're not looking for accolades, but it's important that people understand that we're not just a baseball team. We're a community service. We're an asset to H- Harford County particularly to the citizens of Aberdeen. And we're happy to be here. You know, I think that a minor league baseball team needs to give back to the community and they need to provide affordable family entertainment. We have a $5 ticket every night. Cost should never be the reason a family can't come out to the ballpark, <clears throat> um, even if it's once or twice a year. So we want to be an asset that is inclusive, we want to be an asset that is welcoming, and we want to be an asset that the community knows is here to support that.
1: And I might add, because um, uh, Jen and I both are involved in several causes that uh, gain so you talked about the hard dollars and the soft dollars that your support, uh, the Iron Bird's support brings. I would think it would be very conservative to say that the value is, to all these nonprofits, is easily over a million and a half dollars. When you look at exposure and image and reach, and generating um...
2: and what we don't track is the funds that are raised by a lot of the nonprofits. So, you know, one of my favorite things to be able to do is, is donate a, a sweet night, you know, a night in our luxury suite and a ceremonial first pitch, a you know, once in a lifetime opportunity to nonprofits. And all you need to do to have access to that is send us a letter, put it on your letterhead, let us know you're a 501c3 and we're happy to do things like that. You know, at a silent auction, maybe that nonprofit is able to generate 1000 or $1,500 from that sweet night. So it's, to your point, Bob, it's, it's not just the soft dollars. It's, it's what comes back. Um, it's what nonprofits are able to raise. It's what the Ironbirds are able to do to, to help this community be successful.
1: Yeah, and just looking at race last year, the Race Against Child Abuse Everywhere, which the library was uh, instrumental in that you gave a tremendous amount of exposure to, and Shar Hope, which is a recovery organization that I'm involved in, well, I, we know firsthand what it meant in exposure and p- awareness of the cause that resulted in hard dollars. So, well,
2: and This year, we're really proud in the ballpark to support uh, three charities again, uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs of Harford and Cecil County, the YMCA of Central Maryland, uh, and Harford Family House. So every year, we will rotate through three primary charitable giving partners. Um, but obviously we have never turned down, as long as I've been there, a 501c3 request coming from anybody in Harford County, and we never will. Uh, it's just that those three will receive a little bit of added ac- exposure this year, um, so we can help them. Oh, well, fantastic.
1: Tell us about, um, uh, actually, you know what, I am sorry, everyone. I'm looking at the clock. We should get Billy on, and then we're going to ask you, Matt, if after we let Billy go, it just we'll do a few more minutes, because we want to talk about opening night, talking about the, Aberdeen, um, the uh, Harford Bassmasters, and uh, sure. the Star Spangled Banners.
2: A lot of exciting so stuff. So we'll
1: go to a quick break and get Mr. Ripkin on.
0: Yeah, so uh, we're going to take a break. We'll just be a couple minutes, and when we come back, we'll have Bill Ripkin on the line with us.
2: The Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members aged 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MakerBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MakerBot and PrinterBot, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox, and both Apple and Windows computers. All to help create your electronic video, audio, publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road.
0: Welcome back. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Hartford County Public Library, and that is Bob Bumby, and this is the Hartford Edge. We're delighted to have Bill Ripken, Executive Vice President of Ripken Baseball, on the line with us. Bill Ripken is Executive Vice President of Ripken Baseball and a baseball studio analyst. He was a Major League Baseball infielder from 1987 to 1998 for the Baltimore Orioles, Texas Rangers, Cleveland Indians, and Detroit Tigers. During his career, he batted and threw right-handed and was known for intensity, work ethic, and baseball knowledge. He also currently serves as a radio host for XM Satellite Radio and a studio analyst for Major League Baseball Network. Bill is also the 2016 Emmy Award winner as Outstanding Sports Personality Studio Analyst for his work on the MLB Network. Born in Havity Grace, Ripken grew up traveling around the United States as his father, Cal Ripken Sr., was a player and coach in the Orioles organization. After attending Aberdeen High School, Ripken was drafted by the Orioles in the 11th round of the 1982 Major League Baseball draft. He reached the Major Leagues in 1987, creating the first situation in baseball history that a father had managed two sons on the same team as his brother played for the Orioles and his father, Cal Ripken Sr., managed the team. Welcome, Bill, and thanks so much for coming on.
3: No problem. Hey,
1: do we have any time left now? That my, my <laughs> on here? You know, there were so many ways to go with your bio, uh, and... Um, I figured there may be someone out there who has been living in a cave for 30 years that doesn't know some of that. So we had to, we had to say it. And yeah, I just wanted to
3: um, – go ahead. It's nice hearing that. There's one thing about a bio you certainly aren't as good as what uh, people can write about you. And that, that sounded real nice.
1: Well, I wrote the part about work ethic, uh, intensity, and um, and baseball knowledge.
3: Well, well I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: First question we have is, uh, does Cal ever get tired of being referred to as your older, Billy Ripken's older brother?
3: Well, I don't think that actually happens that much. <laughs> um, every now and then, somebody will be frisky and they throw that out there in in trying to create some kind of humor, but I don't think that happens that
1: often. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, uh, we uh, we want to just congratulate you on... The, the, uh, your accomplishments on the field and off the field, both during your career and since. Um, I know we speak. I speak for so many people uh, that uh, you were uh, really. Uh, and I'm not just saying it's to to butter you up, but it's to watch you play, and to watch maybe some athletes the way they play today, and what you brought onto the field, and what you and you left everything on the field. It was inspiration to so many people, and we know it wasn't easy. Um and I we're not sure your orthopedists and trainers always agreed, but uh, thank you for that and for the what you uh it was a thing of beauty and for what that meant to a lot of people.
3: Well, I think in, in a lot of cases, um I mean I had some gifts talent wise, but I didn't have uh as much as others. And I think under the influence of senior, um you know, you you treat every out like it's important. You treat every play like it's important because the senior would say, because it is. And I I think I played by that. Um, You know, some analogies when they say, oh, my uniform is always dirty at the end of the game or he really plays hard. uh, Sometimes those are for analogies that he's not as good as other players. And I kind of took that to heart, maybe. But uh, like I said, under seniors influence. There was only one way to play, and that's you got to go full tilt or you're not really doing what you should be doing. And, and that's kind of where that came from.
1: Like Vince Lombardi said, the harder we work, the luckier we get. For
3: sure. <laughs> Sometimes, yes.
1: Uh, and the last thing, and then we want to uh, uh, talk to you about a few things. We, I just want to speak for everybody in, in thanking you, your family, your colleagues at Ripken Baseball and Tufton and Ironbirds for what you mean in this county. Um, in so many different ways. Um, also want to thank you for hiring Matt Slatis because he's going to be Major League Baseball Commissioner in 15 years. But before he gets that, he's going to make the Ironbirds and he's already doing it. Uh, probably the best run team um, uh, out there. So thanks for all of that
3: well, I, I don't know what Matt's uh, plans are, but uh, I, I'm sure the current commissioner doesn't want to give it up until 15 years they usually <laughs> and, get and that I love and I love Meyer league pretty baseball. Cushy. <laughs> I love minor League baseball uh, okay yeah, but but the the idea of what we set out to do years ago, and it, it's kind of a it's kind of one of those things that you wish would never happen, but when we lost Pops and the foundation was formed. And to put Seniors Yard over there, you know, in the same complex with the minor league stadium and build the youth uh, facility over there, it it, it kind of encompasses everything that Dad was all about. Dad liked to be uh, involved in baseball, certainly. Um, He also, in our minds, was a teacher. Loved being involved with kids and giving them maybe one tidbit or two that they could grab and hold on to. So if you think about that complex and the way it's been designed, you'll see ages seven. um, You'll see uh, elite tens, 11s, and 12s. You'll see high school championship games being played over there. You'll see professional games being played over there. And I think that this complex came about, you know, simply with us thinking about Pops. And if he was around today, uh, he would probably have touched uh, most of those age groups that I talked about You know, during the time to see if he couldn't pass along one of those tidbits or two that everybody could grab hold of and run with.
1: Um, well, again, thank you for all that. It, it, it's an inspiration. Tell us a little about you uh, as far as you know, growing up, what it meant to you in your career, and things you've done since then. Uh, one of the things that was always made a lot of people curious. When did you or your brother or your father realize how good the two of you and Cal were? Well, you probably, your father probably never admitted that to you guys because he didn't want you to get soft or whatever. But was there a time you realized, my God, we're we're really good ball players?
3: You know, I don't know so much growing up. The the days of when we grew up and played recreation baseball to a degree. You know, and at the end of the recreation season, you play the travel game. Uh, that consisted of maybe some all-stars around all those design teams and played two or three games, you know, against some of the the county foes. Um, You know, at 12 years old now, these kids are playing 100 games a year and going to different states all over the place and and playing a whole lot of baseball. But, you know, we played, I think, the luxury that we had. And Cal maybe enjoyed this a little bit more than I did because Dad's last three years – in the minor lived to Asheville, North Carolina in 1972, 73, and 74. Cal was 11, 12, and 13 years old. I was 7, 8, and 9 years old during those times. So Junior was in the prime uh, 11, 12, 13 thing of interest of baseball and probably benefited from being able to go out to the park you know, more so than I did. I think I did that almost every day of the summer, my 9-year-old uh, season, dad's last year. But we had the ability to ask Dad at our family dinner at about 12.30 in the afternoon because Dad was going to go to the park. That was the time for us to ask, can we go out to the park today? He never said no, but he never pulled us in that direction. And I think that sometimes that went an awful long way because the dad didn't push it. He knew we were at a, a decent little um, uh, complex where we lived those three years. They had a really good pool, and he also enjoyed we... He knew that we enjoyed being kids, and he wanted us to be a kid if we didn't want to go out to the ballpark on any given day. So I think we had that chance and that opportunity. And then the other weird thing about it, with Dad's travels and and his job, he really didn't get to see us play that much. Um, I know he he made uh, an occasional high school game, but the high school game started at 3.30, And senior was already at the ballpark, you know, when he was a big league coach at that time. So he didn't get to see us play that much. Um, He gave us uh, input when needed if he saw something, Um, but he really didn't get to see us play until, you know, we got to the big leagues. And and then he was around it every day. So it was kind of weird because we grew up a baseball family, but there are guys that are, you know, working regular jobs of the of the year that see their kids play baseball far more than our father got to watch us play.
1: Interesting, interesting. Um, tell it. What's the What's the Ripken way?
3: Um. Well, that came about too because you know we lost senior, um, but I, I do think that there was a tradition and there was something that went on with the Baltimore Orioles in yesteryear, and that started with Earl Weaver at the top, with Bamberger, Staller, Hunter, and Fry. And there were some crusty old guys in the minor leagues, and Dad was one of them. So when all the players came up through the system, like Jim Palmer or Andy etcher or Mark Belanger or Mike Flanagan or Al Bumbrey or Eddie Murray, there was guys down in the minor leagues, senior being one of them, that taught them how to play. And when we, we started the complex and the foundation, we wanted to try to go over what that was and how could we sum that up in words. And the first part of the, the Ripken way we do really is keep it simple. Um, Dad um, could break down the most complex play in baseball, and just because we decide to now make it into simple doesn't mean it's a, uh, a lack of substance. Um, you know, a double play to end a big league game is 6-4-3. You know, with first and third one out and you're protecting a one-run lead, but that's something more than a, nothing more than a catch, throw, catch, throw, and catch. And if one of those simple parts goes away, the double play goes away. So Dad was very good at taking complex plays and saying what we need to do in order to be successful. We can get as complex as you want, and I can throw out terminology and, and different things. But when you get in the batter's box and the game's on the line, a senior would yell out of a third-base coaching box, hey, see the ball and hit it. And that's at a big league game. So we want to keep it simple. The second thing is we like to explain the why. I think I already said that Dad enjoyed being a teacher. And if we explain the why, we're teaching and not telling. Um, I can be real good at being a dictator and say you have to do this, but if there isn't any reasoning behind it, um, you're probably not going to buy in in the long run. But if you can tell somebody to do something and give them a reason why they do it, they do it and they have success, You're teaching and you're not telling. The third thing we believe in is uh, celebrate the individual. You know, and I know, and there might be some people out there that don't know, my brother had more stances than any human alive. Um, Stood at home plate in some of the most ridiculous manners from time to time, and that's because he's an individual. And he decided to try certain things and and move forward. His fundamental base was there with every one of his stances. But there was an individual flair that he had, and from time to time he wanted to demonstrate that. So there's no way a kid can come to me and I can tell that kid, you have to hit like this. Because his parents might say, well, wait a minute, let me show you some video of cow Because he hit like this, 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 and this. Um, fundamentals are important, and we try to adhere to those. But if there's an individual that stands one way, even if there's a kid that's 11 years old stands on his head, if he can hit and he's hitting, you don't fix that. Um, and the last thing, we want to have fun. And it was kind of a weird thing that came about with this one because Dad told us a long time ago there's two things you never do on a baseball field. You never yawn because nothing's boring, and you never laugh because nothing's funny. But the second part is always funny to me because no one enjoyed putting the uniform on more than Dad. Um, just because he wasn't walking out on the field with a big smile on his face every minute day didn't mean he didn't enjoy it and he believed that you had more fun in the game by executing the fundamentals and doing things right and when you do that you get better and ultimately you have fun
1: well that's great we love the part about the individual who was a who was the uh, second base was it bagwell the second baseman for the astros that stepped back into every pitch does well, he?
3: Bagwell was the first baseman. Vigio, uh, the other B was the, the second baseman. Yeah, but Bagwell, we used to call and we used to talk about him when we talked to kids. He had a reverse stride. He would pick his foot up and bring it back and put it back down on the ground and do some things. But what's important is when you look at the fundamentals of what he was able to do, we always talk to the kids that everybody has a weight shift when they hit, which means... When the pitch is coming up to home plate and you're getting ready to unleash, your body or some sort of momentum has a little bit of a rock backwards, and we call it go back to go forward. Bagwell had that rock, but when he picked his foot up, he shortened his stride for somehow, some way. It's something that you wouldn't necessarily say is textbook, but the first part of it was he got his motion going backwards, and then he was coming into the baseball, but he went back far enough where he picked his foot up, he could short stride it. He was still coming into the baseball, going back to go forward, but he decided and he chose what felt comfortable to him that that short stride or negative stride was going to be better for him, and it worked. But there were fundamentals that certainly applied to this basic teaching of hitting.
1: And to your point, someone decided to let him keep doing that instead of trying to, 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 to break him and mold him into that uh – the same way, like you were talking about with your brother's stance.
3: Well, it's important, and this goes from where I talked about. You know, the, what is what is at our complex is every range of baseball. And I remember talking to Scotty McGregor early on when he was the first pitching coach with the uh, with the Ironberg uh, and he was hanging out in the bullpen. the The June draft had already been done. The mini camp was going on, and I was talking to Matt and Scotty Mack said this kid came down and threw. He's standing behind him. He watched him through five pitches, or five minutes, I should say. And the kid turns around and goes, aren't you going to say anything? And Scotty said, this is the first time I've seen you. i got to see what's coming out yeah. of your hand and what's going on at the other end, which is more important to me, meaning are you calling strikes? Or do you have some decent little movement on your, your variety of pitches? But the kid was programmed, obviously, through your Sports, that he throw a few pitches and somebody's going to give him, a, a, you know, some advice. And Scotty says, I have to see what you do first before I can tailor any sort of plan to go with that. So it's important to let kids kind of do their thing. You've got to see them do their thing. And sometimes the best time to, to, to coach and, and say something is, is after a period of time has gone by where you've got to feel what they're doing. Tim Lentigam was the freak. That was his nickname through an unorthodox way and the beauty of that not knowing this for a fact his youth coaches had to leave him alone because if you bring that mechanic to a uh a 12-year-old you know travel team in nowadays game they might have you under video and they might change everything that you do before you even get to age 13. and the freaky deek was a couple cy youngs under his belt and some world championships under his belt, and at a time in, the, in, in his career was one of the most dominant pitchers the game's ever seen. So sometimes you got to let the individual play out his stuff, and sometimes unorthodox doesn't mean wrong.
1: That's great. That's great. Uh, are you as excited about, as the rest of us about the upcoming um, Ironbird season?
3: Absolutely. I think it's always cool, especially when things are done and, and, and a draft comes into play and the young kids come out to the yard, uh, meaning the young players. Uh, I've always liked the idea of being in that stadium, and no matter where you're sitting, you feel pretty good about looking anywhere and finding your family members or friends, you know, within eyesight. It's kind of a, a, a very unique thing. It's easy in, easy out. The games don't take long. We run good promotions. And I think any time you can have a little bit of escape from something that, uh, you know, doesn't hurt you too badly, you're you're in and out, you have a good time at the yard. Um, Historically, we haven't had very many winning seasons up there as far as the win-loss column goes, as far as the New York Penn League is concerned. But the beauty of minor league baseball is you don't have to live and die with your squad. Um, You go out to the ballpark if you go out you have fun you see some cool things and and you get to spend quality time with your family I and mean, that's what minor league baseball to me is all about it's not the die hard you know crazy fan that um you know the team loses and they got to boo at somebody and yell you suck um that should never come to play uh in a minor league ballpark it's, it's more about the families coming out spending time with each other and having a good time
1: well i've probably been to a 100 games in the past 16 years. Uh, and I know Jenna's a big fan too, but if you if you ask me who won the last 10 games I was at, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, just because exactly what you're saying, mm. it's just a, it's a you look around, it's a great night in so many different ways. And uh, one thing, other thing we wanted to, to mention, and um, I don't care, I'm going here, you don't have to say anything, Bill. Um, uh, we know that the past eighteen months have been a real challenge for the organization and we know that the reason is what the the aegis calls correctly a lot of us think is bad faith on the part of um, your landlords and i'm just quoting them but and we know it's created a lot of headwinds um, and we just want to thank you we want to apologize we want to tell you that there's so many folks, so many leaders in this county that have resolved to uh, to 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 re to redouble our support for the team and the organization, and um, in in every way possible, and uh, reaffirm what it means to us um, to have you all here. And we would like to thank you uh, because, especially uh, in Matt, who you've hired. I mean, I I the grace and dignity and professionalism Ooh. and calm that he has showed it, through this headwind and I know you and your brother and um Glenn as well I wouldn't have been able to uh, to, to, to be uh, that way. I know it creates uncertainty of uh, unpredictably a cash flow. Uh, there's been insults. The goal lines keep getting moved. There's clearly a lack of understanding of basic business etiquette and um we would like to thank you f- uh, for, first of all, sticking with us, and also um, for how, uh, frankly, I, it, it feels like you've, it's made, you've made the organization stronger through this, and, and a lot of folks are realizing it and coming back, and uh, ju- we just wanted to get, out, get that out there. I'm not speaking for anybody, but I know I am, um, so thank you on that.
3: Well, you, you, you went there, so I don't necessarily have to. I will say this. There's another thing that Senior preached and, and taught us, and perseverance was one of them. And we truly have tried since our existence to work with and to work for uh, the community. And for whatever reason, from time to time, that, that message seems to get a little bit altered or or skewed, but um, the perseverance part is we're here for a reason, that's not going to change, and for whatever reasons, from time to time, things seem to go sideways, it's not deterring us from doing what we believe is the right thing, and I I think that you've already talked about it with Matt sitting right next to you, Um, his understanding and his uh, level-headedness, I will say, through some of these times i believe we will all persevere and everything will work out everything will find its way uh, to work out every now and then you go over some speed bumps um, but over time the speed bumps start to wear away a little bit and you you get better pace uh, going over those set areas so we appreciate your kind words we appreciate your support Um, and yes i do know you're speaking for for others uh, when you say that um, and it, it is nice to hear those things because sometimes the negative gets out there for some reason whether and in, in, in most of the cases, uh, if not all, uh, are, are not right and not true, um, but we will find a way to battle through it. Um, that's what senior would do. So that's what we're going to do.
1: And we're going to pay more attention and a lot more of us are going to pay more attention. And stop being spectators, except when we're at the, at the park. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have some trivia questions for you before we let you go. All right. Bud Black. What, yes. sig- what significance does he have in your career?
3: That was my first home run <laughs> in the big league. Um, um, that, that was in Kansas City. That was, that was a good time.
1: Oh, uh, I can I can't imagine how that. Do you remember rounding the bases, or was it just the oh, blur? Oh,
3: absolutely. Uh, what I remember about it was 137 degrees. If you want to know all the particulars <laughs> uh, on the turf in Kansas City, and we were standing in ice water uh, in between innings, because that turf was really, really hot. So water was squirting out of my shoes because um, you try to stand in the water just uh, to cool the very bottoms of your feet. But I think we over time kept putting more and more water in there because the dogs were getting hot and yeah it was a one two count um two guys were on uh the beautiful thing about the silent treatment that you get for hitting your first home run is by the guys in the dugout but i was hitting second that day cal was hitting third so you shake your brother's hand at home plate eddie murray was in the on deck circle so you get him because he's not playing the game and the manager never played the silent treatment game and he was your father so to shake Cal's, Eddie's, and Dad's hands back-to-back-to-back to back to back after the first home run, yeah, I would say I remember an awful lot about it. <laughs> oh,
1: that's perfect. Um, another one for you. Uh, can you tell us who Garvin and Granny Hamner, uh, Eddie and Johnny O'Brien, and Frank and Milt Bowling are?
3: Uh, I cannot tell you that, but I know the role were the middle two.
1: Uh, Eddie and Johnny O'Brien.
3: All right, obviously their brothers are playing in the big leagues and did something, but I the, don't remember. I've heard this before, but I've, I'm, I'm off track on this one.
1: They are, they are three of uh, the only four-brother combinations to, to, to turn a double play in the major leagues. <laughs> All
3: right, I'll give you two more, though, that are pretty good. Uh, the day that uh, I usually put on one of my tapes is Cal had three homers and I had one in Seattle uh, in 1996. So four homers in a game by brothers. I believe is kind of way up there on the list um, in, in the same game. The other one was we had seven hits in the game in Boston, and I didn't want to do the three-homer, one-homer thing that I did with Cal in Seattle. So I had the four hits in Boston, and he had three in the game. So we believe that seven hits in one game by brothers might be way up there on the list as well.
1: Wow. i got to remember that one. And also, who's the 20, who has his 22nd highest... Fielding percentage career for a second baseman in baseball history.
3: Well, that has to be me because you're talking to me, so I'll take that one. Excellent.
1: I love the one where uh, the the Aaron brothers have the most career home runs because Hank had 756 and I think Tommy had two or something like that.
0: It's, 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 it's,
3: well, I, I kind of piled on juniors back, too, for us being on the leaderboard there, too, because my 20 <laughs> didn't really add a whole lot to the mix, but uh, sometimes you got to call those things the way you see them.
1: Uh, well, Bill, we can't thank you enough for uh, for spending some time with us. Um, it was really great.
3: You got it. Take care of Matty in there.
1: Oh, we will, and he'll take care of us, too.
3: <laughs> All right, we'll see you.
1: So, um, let's just stay on. We have a few more minutes, Matt. You can um, stick to about Two two minutes two or Sure, sure. Great. Um I gotta make sure everything's right here. Okay, that should be good. Um great stories. You know, and something tells me we could go another three hours and hit there would be one after another of just really fun, enlightening stuff coming from him.
2: Ba- baseball players always have the best stories.
1: I love it. Can you imagine hitting your first home run and your, bro- your brother is waiting at home plate for you.
2: In the big leagues.
1: In the big leagues. Uh, I then want- Eddie Murray, who casually, you know, the only one of only like three guys to have 3,000 hits and 500 homers.
2: Uh, the significance is outlandish. I once hit a Little League triple, and it was the, the greatest day of my life. So <laughs> I can only imagine.
1: I hit one home run in the Little, little League, and I knew it went over the fence because I couldn't tell. I heard my mother saying, yay, Bobby, home run. So <laughs> that's my... That's mine. It's just, you know,
0: Cal, Eddie,
1: Cal Sr., May Mumbi. Same thing. (laughs) Let's talk quick uh, this season. I I just can't believe it when I see.
2: I can't believe it's here. Ironbirds opening night two weeks from today, Friday, June 15th. The game is almost sold out. And there's a couple promotions going on this year that will take place all summer long. So every single Friday, every Friday Ironbirds games, Hartford County's best fireworks after the game. New this year on Saturdays before the game, families, friends, anyone in attendance can actually play catch on the Ironbirds field. So bring a ball, bring a glove, come out and play catch on our professional field. Uh, Sundays, because again, this ballpark is about inclusion and open to everybody, seniors stroll the bases before the game, let's relive those glory years, and following the game, old time favorite kids can run the bases. So there's so much going on every night, Bill mentioned it earlier. The game is not, the ballpark experience is not always about the game. It's about coming out, having an affordable night, and just having a blast.
1: Having the, uh, tell us about the, the plans. First of all, how do people do it? And, and ticket sales are going excellent.
2: Tick, ticket sales are going better than they ever have, um, almost like it's year one again. So we're excited about that. Fans can visit ironbirdsbaseball.com, or they can call our staff at 410 297 9 2. We're there every day to help you out. We'd love to have you at the ballpark. A um, couple things coming up this summer. You know, when the Bassmaster, the Huck Bassmaster tournament comes to Harford County, uh, hosted by Visit Harford and the county itself, they're going to be fishing out of Flying Point Park in Edgewood, but the actual weigh ins will take place at Ripken Stadium on Saturday, July 28th and Sunday, July 29th. So the Bassmaster event that you see on ESPN will actually be free of charge at the ballpark and to celebrate what's going on with the fish, to celebrate fishing, to celebrate the Chesapeake Bay, we're taking the crazy step of actually renaming and rebranding the team. So instead of playing as the Ironbirds that weekend, we're going to play Bob, believe it or not, as the Harford County Anglers of Aberdeen. We've got a new mascot and new uniforms, we've got some pretty neat fish items on the menu and You know let's talk about the menu for a second because cal and bill this offseason have invested about four hundred thousand dollars in completely revamping food and beverage at the ballpark so everything you order this year will be cooked to order it'll be cooked in front of you it'll be cooked on an open grill Uh, when i tell you we've got some crazy things on a new menu uh, i'm not lying i know in seeing a preview the other day we're serving a half pound hamburger Topped with French onion dip and potato chips, we've got a crab cake, house-made crab cake topped with pulled pork. My coleslaw. hands are shaking right now. I, yeah, I'm, it's 9 a.m. Don't 10 mention I can wash I'm it down
1: hungry. with a 20-ounce cold beer, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose it. You can wash it down with a,
2: a beer from Harford County's own Independent Brewing. So we've renovated all of our food and beverage. We've changed the experience. If you want to top a hot dog with macaroni and cheese and brisket and pulled pork. Go to town! Um, all your ballpark favorites are back. New popcorn options, kettle corn. Rita's is still there. Uh, it, it's going to be a blast. I, I really can't wait for opening day. It's it, you know 14 days away, but it, it feels like it's here.
1: We're going to be there, and not to mention, you're doing a beautiful tribute through the whole season uh, to uh, one Harford concept which is so important to us right now.
2: We are one. One county here made up of three great communities. A lot of fantastic people in this county. And opening night when we honor your future Orioles and the Ironbirds we're going to recognize on the field everybody from politicians to nonprofit leaders to business leaders. We're all going to be out there together. And I think that in this day and age that's important. It's important that the next Manny Machado is holding hands with the county executive who's holding hands with mary
0: it's important
2: that the community (laughs) comes together and celebrates
1: tell us about the star spangled banners who's that team
2: every sunday this year uh as well as our military appreciation game on august 9th um you know i being new in maryland now about a year and a half was not cognizant of the fact that maryland is the home of the national anthem And a a new employee we brought down from New York City, after seeing a Maryland license plate that said home of the National Anthem, said, hey, why don't we reach out to Fort McHenry, and let's play as the Star Spangled Banners. So just like with the Harford County Anglers, we've got new uniforms. Every member of our military service is honored with a patch on the left shoulder of those uniforms. Coast Guard, Air Force, National Guard, Navy, Army, you name it, they're all recognized. Uh, And we will play in new caps, new pants, new jerseys to celebrate the Star-Spangled Banner. And, again, we're working with Fort McHenry to do this. It's not a political statement. It's not a stance. It's nothing to do with, you know, some of the issues you've seen in the NFL. It's purely celebrating the state of Maryland, its 230th birthday, and the great state being home of the national anthem.
1: And um, I'm sensing that with uh, those caps that people buy and the... um the anglers, we're talking collector's items, too. Uh,
2: we're talking well. collector's items, and last year when we played as the Steam crabs, which we will do again this year. And we sold those caps as far as Beijing, China. So people have flocked to it, and we've got some really cool gear available on our website, Ironbirds Baseball, and also at the hangar, our team store here in Aberdeen.
1: And the other thing is I just bought my uh, – What's the other thing great is uh, t- t- these five game plans that you do um, – And it's so reasonably priced and so much fun. Uh, I know you're going to have to jump, but uh, tell us quick how uh, this five-game plan, which is very digestible.
2: For fans, the key to minor league baseball is that it's always affordable. So our new five-game ticket plan, which we've called the best ticket plan ever, is only $50. You get tickets to five weekend games, all with either fireworks or a nationally known entertainment act. And again, that price is just $50. And it comes with what we created last year, uh, a cowbell. It's the Cal Ripken version of a cowbell. And people shake those things at our ballpark now um, like they're going out of style. So for $50, families can come out to the ballpark five times. Your entire summer is covered, your entire summer of fun. It's about one game every three weeks. And almost 2,000 Hartford County residents have picked these up, and we can't wait to see them at the ballpark all summer long.
1: LionbirdsBaseball.com. We cannot wait and uh look forward to it uh matt i know we have to let you go because you have you have a team to run
2: i've got a team to run and believe it or not we have a phone call about crab cakes and hamburgers starting shortly so okay thank you guys for having me on uh, i truly appreciate it it's great having bill on as well and i'll talk to you soon That's
1: very good. good thanks matt we're thanks. just going to let matt uh get out of here now we're going to stay on and we'll
2: go right to things. um
1: uh, we want to hear about uh, harford county public library events okay. speaking of institutions that knock it out of the park every day harford county public library what eight thousand things are going on these next few weeks
0: well we do have a lot of things going on um before i jump into that i just want to um, talk quickly about the library's partnership with the aberdeen ironbirds because they are really great supporters of the summer reading challenge year after year um, this year they have agreed to donate 3,000 game vouchers for completion prizes for this year's program. Um, participants will have a selection of four games to attend, be entered to win a chance to throw out the first pitch at one of the four games, and be invited onto the field for a summer reading parade prior to each of the four games. So our Harford County Public Library Foundation is so grateful for its partnership with the Aberdeen Ironbirds and its leadership. and. We just we just are so excited for the summer reading program again. So if you haven't already, make sure you get your kids out to one of the branches or online. Sign up for the summer reading program and try to get one of those three thousand uh, game vouchers. Again, all you have to do is complete the challenge, and and you'll get your voucher.
1: That's a, and it still amazes me that that over fifteen thousand folks do it every every year. Yeah. Um, and the the Ironbirds are great, but they're giving. They're having, hosting five recovery awareness nights, nights as well, mm-hmm. uh, during the season.
0: Yeah, such a, a wonderful organization.
1: What else we got?
0: Um, so we also. Are... Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay.
1: You're listening to 970, A.M.D. A.M., Hartford Edge Aberdeen.
0: Thanks, Bob. I'd be
1: yelled at if. Uh, That's all right. Little station break never hurt okay. anybody.
0: Okay, continued. Okay, um, so the library this year is fundraising again for the Boys and Girls Club in their Kiss a Pig fundraising challenge. Um, Again, just a quick explanation, that's when volunteers from across Harford County form teams and they battle each other for the privilege of kissing a pig at the Bel Air BBQ Bash on August 10th. So Team HCPL is in again this year. We are super excited. We want to beat Team APG FCU I'm just going to call them out on the radio. Rachel Brush knows that I'm doing this. And um, Rachel
1: knows that you were you were rookie of the year team last year. We so were. We were. packing so a punch.
0: We are trying to, to step up our game a little this year. So I'm going to run down our events. But if you have any interest, you want more information, stop by one of your library branches. Any of the 11 branches can help you. Go to our website. We have flyers up. Um, or you can email me. Um, button at hcplonline.org. So here we go. On Wednesday, June 13th, we have paint night at Uncle's Hawaiian Grinds.
1: I'm going to try to come to that.
0: Good. Please buy your tickets in advance by June 6th so we can make sure we have all the supplies we need. We also will have Basket Bingo back again this year, Friday, June 29th. At the Bernard L. Tobin Post 128. It's, Go
1: to that. I had went last year. It was one of the best times I had all year. Even though I won five pounds of bacon and Mary and Mark went home with it somehow.
0: I, I don't know anything about that, Bob.
1: No, do that bingo thing, folks. We had so many laughs.
0: Yeah, yeah it was a good time. So the American Legion in Aberdeen, June 29th. And, Bob, you'll be happy to know that food and adult beverages will be on sale by the American Legion ah. this year.
1: Ah, you had me at adult beverages.
0: I know. (laughs) Uh, We have Happy Hour, Wednesday, July 11th, in the Lounge at Liberatories. They will be donating back a portion of the proceeds from that evening to our fundraising competition. And then one of the new events that we are super excited about this year, at Off the Chain Cycling Studio, Friday, July 20th, we are going to have an indoor cycling challenge followed by Happy Hour. So we'll be splitting the room in half. Half of the participants will be battling against the other half to see who can win this indoor cycle challenge ride. So we're super excited about that. Um, And they are donating their space and the instructor's time so that this can be a complete donation to um, the Boys and Girls Club. Um, I also want to go over just a couple things happening at our branches. Um, This evening at Whiteford uh, Whiteford Library, I'm sorry, this afternoon at Whiteford Library, We have a gentle yoga class. If you're interested, please give them a call. Um, We have Monday, June 4th at Aberdeen Library at 10 a.m. for grades K through 8. We're going to be having a STEM station where you can drop in and explore the science station for a hands-on activity. And that's supported by the Aberdeen Friends of Harford County Public Library. We have Tech Time 3D Printing Club on Wednesday, June 6th at Haverty Grace Library at 6.30 p.m. This is for grades 3 to 8, and this is your chance to learn the basics of 3D printing and design. You're going to create an original project and then share your 3D prints. And then last, I just wanted to mention um, one of our um, book discussion groups. Thursday, June 7th uh, at Jarrett'sville Library, 11 a.m., um, this is part of our Happy Endings book discussion. So we want to make sure that we're not just reading the, the you know, super heavy or um, intellectual books. We want to make sure that we're also just reading something with a happy ending, positivity, maybe some humor. Um, so this month's book is called Eligible by Curtis Sittenfeld. And it is um, kind of a play on Pride and Prejudice. Um, so I went online uh, to our eventbrite calendar page looked up the book it sounds fantastic so i've already reserved my copy to try to to read it real quick this weekend so i can go to the book discussion next week so that's just a taste of what we've got going on you know just one or two things if you're interested that in and learning more check out the website headlines and happenings is available online or in all of your branches so stop by pick one up check it out come out and and support the library
1: hcplonline.org
0: that is correct thank you bob and that's all the time that we have for the harford edge thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week